0: All right, I get to introduce uh, Doug and Kulele now, our pastors that are going to lead this, this great forum They're They lead our young adults in many other areas of our church. And uh, they've been incredibly faithful servants of God. And they're great examples of the Peter call because they came from California. They were a part of our uh, plant team. And they've done amazing things over the 18 or 19 years that they have been here, and, and God has used them, and not only used them, but used their kids in, in profound and powerful ways in our church, and they, they have a great marriage, and uh, uh, God has formed it in a very unique way, which I just love, and they're going to lead this wonderful talk show about marriage. They're going to invite up couples, and it's going to be a blast, so can you guys welcome Doug and Kauleli?
1: Um, thank you and welcome. Uh, I told my wife that this is like an extension of our living room because we would love to have each and every one of you over. God has definitely given us the gift of hospitality, more so my wife than myself, because if you stay too long, I'll just fall asleep on you. So, <laughs> uh, we have, uh, this is really a pleasure for us to be up here and talk about, uh, uh, the Proverbs and, uh, You know, I know that as a body, we were all asked to go through the Proverbs, and a funny story is that uh, one morning, um, you know, I get up early, and I try to let my wife sleep, and uh, well, it was early, and I'm struggling to see my phone as I'm reading scriptures, and I go into the restroom, and I'm in there for a while, and uh, after which I read the scripture, and I bust open the door very proud and stand proud and say, honey, I read Psalm 23, which she looked at me and says, oh, that's great, but we're reading Proverbs. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it's funny. I went back and I started reading all the Proverbs over again, and um, I couldn't help it. It, it. it seemed like each one I read, it was like a dart hitting me. You know, when, it, when, when, when I look at it in the context of marriage, it's like, Oof. ow. I don't do that one so well. You know, I got to step up. I got I to gotta start acting differently. And the one about, you know, thinking about what you say before you say it. And, and all these proverbs were, were hitting me very hard. And um, one could misconstrue that as arrows of, of uh, condemnation. But in fact, they're, they're arrows of conviction. And uh, if any of you read through the Proverbs, which I, I hope you did, I hope you felt those arrows. And I hope that you understood that it wasn't condemnation that you were feeling, but conviction. And God calls us as followers, believers, to a higher standard. And even for single people out here, this isn't just for married people. This is for single people as well, those who haven't entered into marriage yet. These are things to to prepare you for marriage, so I hope that that, as we talk about this in the context of marriage, if you're not married, this is for you as well, so I don't want you to feel left out in any way, shape, or form. if you're too young to be married, this is for you because one day you will be old enough to marry. so with that, I want to introduce uh, the leaders of our our marriage uh, ministry, Becky and Ordell Kemp. So um, Kudle and I have been married for a little time now, and um, I don't really bring up the whole we came out with the church and planet because that just makes us look old, because um, we've been out ha- here for a while. We've been married for 30 years, been out here for almost 20, so uh, we've been uh, just excited. I, I did want to mention something really quickly while it's on my mind, and Ira already kind of hit on that, but wasn't worship great today? It was so strong. Even when they're unplugged, even when it's acoustic set, it was just so powerful. And uh, the songs really kind of had a a similar theme. Uh, One is, um, what I got out of it anyways, is that um, God chases you down. Some people can think that's pretty darn scary. Uh, The other one is that God has abandoned reckless love towards us and... The thing that came to my mind is how many times as parents have we reached down and grabbed our kid just before he touched a stove or she went into a lane of traffic or something like that. That is exactly what those songs were talking about, about God's protection and God's love over us. So I hope you guys felt that today. And as Ira said, also, if you guys were coming here thinking that you're going to hear a sermon, sorry, you picked the wrong church, as Eric, our pastor, used to say. But hopefully by the end of it, you'll say, gosh, we really did pick the right church today. So, Becky and Ordell, uh, we have scriptures that we wanted to share. Um, the first one that I was really actually thinking about sharing for my wife was the first part, I think, fits her to a T. And it's Proverbs twelve fourteen. But the second part, I thought, hmm, I don't know. Maybe we'll pick a different one. It says, a wife of noble character is a husband's crown. But a disgraceful wife is the decay in his bones. And she doesn't fit that second bill, but she certainly fits the first half. Um, But this is a hard-hitting one. And really, you could exchange wife for husband. I mean, it's interchangeable. It doesn't respect person in that a person of noble character is the other person's crown. But... The disgraceful spouse is the decay in one bones. I mean, we call that today cancer. And um, that was hard-hitting for me. So um, I didn't want to go with that one. <laughs> so I actually went with a, a different scripture, which I believe lends to the same principle in a different way. And it's Proverbs 24, 3 through 4. And it, this is more geared towards family, And marriage. It says, by wisdom a house is built. And through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Mm, And, uh, you know, as I was studying for this and reading the commentaries on that. It it talks about having um, that, that wisdom. Which is what we build upon. And that wisdom is... Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. That wisdom is what we read, our life lessons that we get out of this book we call the Bible, which is nothing more than an instruction manual for us and how we live. And then as we seek that wisdom, we gain understanding. And it's through that understanding that we get knowledge. And the knowledge is what brings those precious and pleasant gifts. To us, and it's only through the knowledge and understanding of Christ. So, I was reading the commentary again on this, and it said, and think about this for a minute: that God gave us the perfect example of marriage. And I know all of you are like indexing right now. It's like, well, okay, which one was it? I got this. Hold on, it's a, uh, Adam. It would be Adam, and it's in the garden that we get the perfect plan for marriage. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't think about that. But in the garden, everything was beautiful and perfect. You didn't see Eve after God yanked the bone of Adam and created Eve. You didn't see her saying, Adam, you had one job. Name the animals. Aardvark? Really? Platypus? Seriously? You don't see that account. It was only after something happened that you see the struggle. And that was sin. When sin was introduced into the garden. I know a lot of you thought, oh, that's when they had kids. No, that's not it. That caused a little more strife, maybe a little more stress, the whole Cain and Abel thing. But that's another topic for another time. It was the introduction of sin that we see where marriage started to get tougher. That it was a chore, that it was a labor. But that's not God's intention. It wasn't God's intention in the garden. And with that, I'm just going to let my wife share her proverb as well.
2: Well, thanks for sharing that, babe. I know we talked a little bit about that. And, you know, if I could share, Doug and I were just talking about that wisdom. You know, he was talking about his life, and before he became a Christian, he didn't have that wisdom. You know, before we come to Christ, we don't have that wisdom. And he was comparing his life before Christ and looking around through the eyes that didn't know the Lord, that didn't come to to save him with that love, and we were talking this morning about how his life would have been completely different had he not come to know the Lord. And the wisdom that he would have would have um, raised his children in and been a husband with would not have been the wisdom of the Lord. And so we were just talking about that this morning and how grateful we are to Jesus for changing our lives. Um, you and I have talked a lot about these scriptures and proverbs, and I'm going to share this. You know, when Jody uh, talked to me about... <clears throat> doing the Proverbs and, you know, talking about it as they pertain to marriage, I got to be honest, the first one that came to me was Proverbs 25, 24. Do y'all know it? I will read it to you. I have not memorized, but I'm going to share it in a couple translations. It said, is it better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman? Proverbs 25, 24. And the reason that came to me, well, I'll tell you in a minute. Here's the, here's the other one. Better to live on the corner of the roof than to share a house Oh, with a nagging wife. <laughs> Gee, Lord, thanks. He gave this to me right away. But then I found this in the message version, and I loved it. I said, "I know, I knew I loved the message for a reason. Better to live alone in a tumble-down shack than share a mansion with a nagging spouse. Spouse. It didn't say wife. It said spouse. So I had to share that with Doug. But yeah, we brought, <laughs> we got rid of that translation." But in all seriousness, you guys, I think the reason why that was the first one that came to my mind is that there have been seasons. We've been married 30 years. That's a long time. That's over half our lives. Um, that's a long time, don't you think? 30 years? Well, thank you. I wasn't looking for the accolades, but it is it is an accomplishment in, in the Lord, so we do. We give um, all honor and glory to God for us being together because I remember that first year of marriage, we came into it with so much Baggage. Both of us. Um, my parents had just gotten divorced. I mean, literally, like the week before we got married. And so I was an emotional wreck. I knew the Lord, and I and I stood on His word, and I, I loved Him dearly, and I was so thankful to Him. But it was bittersweet for me. So we've been through a lot. He came out of a broken home several times over, several times over, and just uh, just a lot of baggage. And even though he was saved, also, you know, he was still still um, getting healed from a lot of those things so you know that particular proverbs has been a conviction for me like Doug said not a condemnation but a conviction over the years because in 30 years of marriage believe me I've had my times of nagging not <laughs> yes I have let's be honest Let me, can, let's just be honest and real women we, we struggle with that don't we am I the only one Okay, I, I think, just like when Doug talked about, when sin for, was first introduced into the world, that just came in. You know, it just came in like a flood. And we just really, the, the word says, we have our desires for a husband. And that didn't mean in a physical way. That meant that our desire was to overrule him, overtake him. That's what the word means. And so I think that nagging came into play. And I'll be super honest There were seasons in our life where that was something that I was really good at. And so that is something that I just want to encourage us as women and in our marriages. It doesn't do any good. I think the first thing it does is it pushes our husbands away. And it does not give us the the fruit and the benefit or the result that we want, right? Have we seen that when we nag our husbands about something? it kind of It kind of draws out the opposite effect. they kind of usually run <laughs> and hide like on the rooftop, like the Bible says, they go to that corner of the rooftop, and the other thing that I have found, um, and God is so good to just fill in those gaps where we failed, but it affects our kids, it affects our kids, and we have four of those the most amazing children, um, they all love the Lord. And uh the, the older three are all serving the Lord, so we're so grateful for that. But I'm telling you those times of nagging where they've seen me just be contentious, and what's another good word? do you want to come up with one? <laughs> I'm sure he has a few, but those times where that's a good husband, that's right times where um i just I was contentious, or I would um just not lovingly go, you're right, Lord. There was just something there I just had to combat. I had to question. And you know, the Lord, he just got a hold of me, and he said, what are you doing, daughter? It is not him you're upset with. You've got your own issues. You need to come to me. You need to get on your knees, and you need to just commune with me and deal with the stuff in your own heart, in your own life. Because really, when I believe, and if, if you agree, let me know, that when we're in that mode... As wives, it's because there's stuff we're unsatisfied with. We're, we're discontent with something that really is with us. Not that we don't have offense or not that there are things that we'd like to see change in each other. But usually those seasons of nagging are really about ourselves. And God is saying, come to me. Don't worry about him. I've got him. And those things that you're discontent about, those things that you're constantly just going on and on about... Let me start in your heart, Kule. Let me start with the things that you need to give to me. Let me start with the things that you need to surrender to me. Let me start those, with those things that need to be healed in you. So for me, that particular proverb was a loving and hard conviction in those seasons of my life. I hope that I've grown a little in that area. <laughs> also very good husband, thank you. <laughs> But I, but I really, I mean, by the, by the strength and power of the Holy Spirit is the only way that we as wives can grow. We as people, if you're not married today, it doesn't have to be just about that. The Holy Spirit is the only way to grow, allowing Jesus to just come in and take over. Allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to really run your life. You know, let your flesh grow. Go down to the floor, humble yourself, and the Lord will lift you up. And in those areas, like for me, for a season of life, nagging, he really just brought something beautiful out in that, and that is a wonderful just ability to just respect my husband and just really say, okay, you got it, babe, and just see him in the way that God sees him. So hopefully that's encouraging. And I was just going to add to that.
3: Now, I think when we nag our, wife or our husbands, we do, just like Kule said, the exact opposite of what our goal is. And I'm sorry, I cannot see anybody over there, so I apologize. We're not ignoring you. I just am blind if I look over there. But I just wanted to say that um, we not only don't get the results that we want, but we are a stumbling block to our husbands. I think we um, distract them from what the Lord has for them when we are nagging them and the... Um, the results that we get are exactly opposite of what we're looking for. So we need to learn to tame our tongue. And not only when we're dealing with our husbands, but I think when we're dealing with um, anyone, yeah. our children Absolutely. or if you're our employees or or whomever, but specifically in marriage, yeah. I think we need to be cautious about um, being naggy because it is so easy to do. I think it comes natural to women. It does. We are... Cursed in that area, I believe. So we need to get it in check and uh, bless and respect our husbands because it will behoove us. It will be in our best interest to do so.
2: And again, like you said, Becky, it was a curse that was put us in Genesis, but because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, you know that? That's where we get that victory from. He defeated death, hell, and the grave for us as wives, husbands, every one of us in this place today. That's where we get... The victory, that's where we get the freedom from those things. So how about you guys? You have some Proverbs that you want to share with everyone today? Okay.
3: There were many that I had um, because I think the Proverbs speak into our marriages um, a lot. So I have many written down, but I, I'm I going to stick with it is uh, 2320 verse 3. It, it, it is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. And I, I think that kind of can go hand in hand with mm-hmm. nagging because um, we, we have to, and this, I know it says man, but I think both of us, we have to sit back and um, really choose our battles and not let little things um, engage us in battle with our, with our spouses um, because it is easy to do. I think especially when you're first married mm-hmm. and you go in with rose-colored glasses and then you realize, oh... This guy doesn't pick his clothes up off the bathroom floor, and that's not you, babe. But um, you know, just little things—whether it's um, whether it's the way he communicates with you, or um, the way he he Go the way the way he works around the house, or whatever. But that's not boy, it, babe. Um, I'm just saying, we have to be careful about. Uh, Picking little fights with our, our husbands And letting things that don't matter I mean truly don't matter Think about it when you're irritated Does this matter? In the whole scheme of things If I lost my husband tonight Would this, would this issue be worth bringing up? And I'll bet you more times than not The answer would be no um, In fact I would probably be blessed by the issue and an opportunity to have a conversation Or even an opportunity to pick up his underwear off the floor Because um, I do You're have a, a loving and wise husband, and I am blessed um, immensely by him. Um, and thank you for raising wise children, because we have been blessed by two of those as well. We and
2: have two kids that are, well, ones that, ones that are married together, and another set that are getting married. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so
3: we, so yeah, thank you. Well, because, glory goes to God. He's, amen. This is good. Amen. And um, I picked another one, 13.3, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. And for me, um, my tongue is an issue, still continues to be an issue, Um, not only in our marriage, but I think just in general. The Lord is um, constantly giving me opportunity to practice um, holding my tongue. And although I am getting better, I am... Uh, very far from being perfect in this area and I think our tongues can bring death very quickly to a relationship so we need to uh, be quick to listen and slow to speak and this has been an area that man has been probably the biggest challenge for me in regards to my marriage and raising my kids and just in general we have to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to to speak to you, but man, we 're so quick to speak out of the flesh and um, say things that really uh, that the enemy has given us really, because man, that enemy's voice is screaming at us, but if we would just slow down and just let the Holy Spirit speak to us, there we can be blessed in this area as well
2: yeah, and I like what you said, Becky, because you know again. It just doesn't pertain to marriage. I know we're, we're talking about marriage and we're highlighting marriage, but how ma- I don't know how many of you in this room aren't married. Any singles in here today? Okay, quite a few. So what she had to say about taming the tongue, doesn't that pertain to you as well, just in your everyday life with your siblings, with your coworkers, with maybe someone in public or someone on, on the road? <gasps> someone on the road. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think it pertains to each and every one of our lives. I don't like driving with him. No I love comment. him. I no just comment. don't like driving with him. So, but he's growing in that area, too.
1: There's just a lot of people out there that need instruction <laughs> on how to drive. Amen.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Becky. That was awesome. There, actually,
1: you. there's a story that one time... I uh, am sorry you brought it up. There was a story where uh someone said, "Hey, I saw you the other day on the road." It's like, "Oh. <laughs> yeah, what day? Oh, it was Friday." Oh. Oh, oh, that's great. What uh was uh what was I doing? Oh, was I was I yelling at people? He's like, "Oh, no, 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 no." Uh, the back story is I've been yelling at people all the way home, and it got so bad it's like, "Oh, okay all right come on in just get in my lane just cut me off it's okay i said so what was i doing so yeah you're telling people come on in get on over oh thank you jesus Got it god is good that's
4: great
1: how about you ardell did you have
5: something more
2: to say no i was just
3: gonna say real quick on the tongue uh be cautious with sarcasm i think um there is a a good and fun place for sarcasm, but we need to be careful in our marriages that when we are on a hot topic, and again, this is something that I came into our marriage with, and that's all I knew how to speak, mm. and it is—it uh, can be very hurtful. So, be careful with sarcasm. Like I say, it's fun and it—it it can be lighthearted at times, but it can also be very hurtful. So, um, that's
5: good.
2: That's, that's really good. I just Thanks, wanted to Becky.
5: Okay, so I, I, I'm going to catch on to the Adam and Eve thing here for a minute before I go into my proverb. It um, gave me a whole new view of that moment in the garden of eating the fruit. You know, as Eve's like, eat the fruit. Come on, eat the fruit. Eat the fruit. Why aren't you eating the fruit, Adam? Come on, Adam, eat the fruit. And Adam's like, okay, fine. I
2: hope it wasn't like that.
0: No. <laughs>
5: All right, it was just a little view. So, well,
3: And I just like to say, where was Adam when where was Adam when the serpent came up and handed her that apple? You know, uh, Adam oh, was not protecting her like he should have. Otherwise, she would have never accepted the apple to begin with, right? That's
1: right. We, we tried to avoid this by giving them only one mic. But <laughs> well, you can see this didn't work. Yeah, We're the marriage industry. <laughs> so yeah adam actually was
5: right there i mean you know why didn't he stop her why didn't he step in why didn't he protect her that's I, I absolutely agree with that um so the verbs problems i picked is uh 31 10 and 11 who can find a capable wife her value far exceeds the finest jewels her husband has full confidence in her as a result he lacks of no value that, uh, I mean, that's, I, I picked this really because I am blessed in that. Um,
2: yes, you are.
5: Yeah. She is of the finest jewels and, uh, I do have full confidence in her and, and she's, I mean, the Bible calls the wife a help helpmate, but I mean, she's more than helpmate. She's my teammate. And, um, it really helps me get through life uh, knowing she's on my side. And and I think it goes, you know, like everything else, both ways. Um, I try to be a capable husband and uh, a value that exceeds gold and silver. Um, it's just a matter of putting God first in your life. She seeks the Lord. That's her priority. I seek the Lord. That's my priority and we come together um, as God draws us uh, to Him and to each other. And for uh, you know the single people, it's that's got to be your priority, putting God first. I mean, you're young; you got a lot, of li- a lot of time in your life per se, and you shouldn't be focusing on who your next boyfriend or girlfriend's going to be. Just focus on the Lord, because. He'll draw you to that right person yeah. in his time, That's good. which is the perfect time for you, uh, whether we know it or not. I mean, a lot of times we go through life thinking, God, I want this now. I want this now. But when it comes down to it, God's timing is, is perfect. And it, it's never too late. It's never too early. And so when we wait on him and we trust on in him, um, things just always turn out so much better.
2: That's right. Isn't that true? Can I hear an amen? That's right. So we have a couple of amazing couples today that we um, are just really honored to have join us. So can everybody join our first? Uh, give our first couple a big round of applause, Mitchell and Whitney Lee.
1: You know, we have actually just uh, two couples that are going to be coming up, so you can kind of gauge time that way, but we actually thought of so many couples out there that we wanted to have up, and if this was an all-day thing, revival meeting, we would have had a lot of you up here, so just uh, consider that. We, we really love you guys and respect you, and, and we see the way you work together as husband and wife, and we, we really thought a lot of, uh, about a lot of different couples. Hi, guys. But it's fun to harass
3: newlyweds, so...
4: And we've been married for a year and almost a half, so... Yeah.
2: Nice. the newlyweds on the panel today.
4: And for the record, when we said yes to this, we didn't realize it would be both of our parents interviewing us, which is kind of a coincidence, but... Yeah.
1: So you better get it right.
4: Of course. So <laughs> you already gave your blessing. You can't take it back. But anyway, the verses we chose, we actually chose together. And we chose three different ones. So I'm just going to read the first two. And it's Proverbs 17:9 and 10. And it's love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And one of the reasons I love this verse is because even though we've only been married for a year, there's still been a lot of things that we've had to really forgive each other for and... You know, accept forgiveness for and the second one is a single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool and again like this is kind of convicting because even with like such simple things that like Mitchell might like correct me on like I don't know if you guys are aware of this but front room and living room are two different places in the house But, like, when I grew up, that was the exact same room. And so, when we're, like, talking about something, and he's like, oh, honey, where'd you put this? I'm like, oh, it's in the front room. And he'll go and search for, like, half an hour in the front room for whatever I said it was. And then he'll come back and be like, oh, babe, where is it? And I was like, oh, it's in the living room. It's, like, a totally different room, like, four rooms away. And it's just something that he's, like, corrected me on, but I've had to be corrected on over and over and over on it. And I do feel kind of foolish about that. And... I think there's so many things like that that are both jokingly and serious in marriage that if you just accept that rebuke and really look at it and learn from it, it's going to be so much better to just for your marriage and for your life to just listen to.
2: And I think the key is there a loving, I don't know, hopefully it's not a rebuke over the rooms, but you know, just like a, Hey babe, that's not, but rebuke, even rebuke or correction has to be done in love your motivation has to be love for your spouse.
6: Absolutely. Um, and if your front room is your living room, it's fine. You don't stand <laughs> condemned. It's, a, it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, to, to go into that a little bit more, um, verse 1710, or excuse me, Proverbs 1710, where it says, you know, that, I'm just going to read it off of yours real quick. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. And there have been things that I have had to been corrected on. <laughs> um, one of those is, you know, since we've been married, I wasn't quite used to this wedding ring, right? And it's got a little crease in the middle, which doesn't really matter. But the point is, um, I would go and I would put like lotion on my hands because I've got dry skin. And I would take my wedding ring off and I would put it down to put the lotion in because I didn't want it to get in the crease. Of course, that
2: makes perfect sense. No, it
6: doesn't. It's fine. We can get it perfect out.
2: sense.
6: But oftentimes, because I was unused to it, I would forget it. And Whitney would actually come and be like, babe, here's your ring. And I, I swear, I didn't mean to leave it off on purpose. Like, I'm not running around being like. But it's just one of those little things that I've felt really foolish about you know it's just one of those things that i'm getting the hundred lashes on the back of a fool but i want to be that person of understanding and through jesus we become those people of understanding for each other um i'm gonna share a little bit of an instance
1: oh go ahead oh this is nothing at all so he gets that lotion thing from his mother look at these elbows Come on. Who needs lotion? Get out of here. Not you, apparently. Yeah. Um,
6: well, no, it's funny. So um, it's actually not funny at all. But um, when Whitney and I were dating, there was an instance where she had done something. And I can't even remember what it is. But I, I made fun of her for it. Uh, which is, don't do that, by the way. If you're dating someone, don't make fun of a part of their personality. Like, just don't. It's a bad, bad dating move. But, um, but it really hurt her, and it hurt her to the point where she actually confronted me and told me about it. And I was so impacted by her genuine hurt, and how she had told me that that really made her feel. I actually ended up writing her an email, and I'm not gonna read you the whole email, because quite frankly, that's a waste of time. But it's like two pages. But
1: that was. He was really sorry.
6: I was really sorry. But, But get this this is what the point I'm trying to get to is God allowed me to truly understand how she was feeling. It was the Lord who really helped make me sensible and understand her. And to be able to apologize like this, first of all, I don't write things, just so you know. That's just, I don't do that. If I'm going to tell you something, I'll talk to you. But I know that my wife's love language is writing. And so I wrote her this apology because I knew it was important to her to have this document. And th- again, this isn't about me. but This is about the Lord being able to work through us and really be that person of understanding. You know, a single rebuke is more for a person of understanding than a hundred blows on the back of a fool. So let's choose to be a person of understanding and let's really lean into God and not be the person who's a fool. And and one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I'll be quick, but it also made me think of Proverbs 15.1, which is the other verse I wanted to share. And it says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been in Can a lot Can I get an amen? Of... Amen. <laughs> I've been in a lot of arguments in my life, and I've been the guy who wanted to be right. So I'm the one who threw gasoline on the fire with a snide comment or a you know, quick rebuke that really didn't mean anything, and the little escalation went from here to whoosh, it became a fire. So when you are that person who, are, who is getting a rebuke, and this isn't just in marriage, this is in everyday life. Yeah. If someone comes to you with a rebuke that's spirit-filled and genuine, be humble and answer gently. Don't lash out because your pride has been hurt, but instead humble yourselves and be able to listen. Because this is something I continue to work on and I'm not very good at, which is why I could talk about it. But God is making me better. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. And I think with that, too, that can have a lot to do with like forgiveness as well. Because when when I'm hurt by something, then it's so easy to just be like, oh, well, you're wrong. And I'm upset, you know. But, you know, I think one way that we can really help our spouses come to that understanding and come to that repentance is how we go about sharing our hurt and sharing you know why we're upset, and doing it in really a way of love, so they do understand, and not just a way of "you're a jerk." You know, but this really hurt me. and This is why, and and I think with that too, um, when oh, okay.
6: my my wife is really good at being able to confront me in love. She excels in that, so that's amazing.
3: And praise Jesus, because she does not get that from her mother. <laughs> But she is. I learn a lot. I'm surprised at how much I can learn from this couple and this young lady. She'll come over to my house, and she has become one of my best friends. And I will share with her something that I may be struggling with. And even just the other night, I was sharing with her. And uh, we, I had a struggle that I was experiencing with Ordell, and he did not know this. And I shared with Whitney... And she said, well, I'm going to leave now so that you can go talk to your husband. And I uh, didn't <laughs> for another few days. But she is wise. I am, I am a, when you allow the Lord to work in you and refine you, it is amazing what he can do. Because um, I am a very slow learner. And I wish that at that age I could... Uh, allow the Lord to work on me, but I am stubborn and allow the Lord to give me lots of opportunities to learn over and over.
4: <laughs> and that really is so much the Lord because I was not like that at all before I knew, knew him. And I think a lot of it too is just having parents and examples that really live out biblical marriages and give us wise advice and wise counsel about how to, how to be in marriage.
2: And when we blow it, as, as parents, guys, it's just important to humble ourselves and repent to our kids. I think that goes a, real, a long way when we can say, hey, we blew it. You know, the, that fight we had or the words we said were not of the Lord, and sorry that you had to hear that. And just repenting to our kids, I think that goes a long way, too, in showing that you can come back from, from uh, conflict. You can come back from a bad situation when you humble yourself and you, and you pray and you trust the Lord.
1: That's a true humility, not sorry. Right, true
4: humility. Anyway, I totally agree. And one more thing I wanted to talk about on Proverbs seventeen nine is love prospers when a fall is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And actually, the first time I read this, it was a different translation, and it said love prospers, prospers when a fall is covered up, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And for whatever reason, I just really visualize visualize that, like someone covering it up with like a blanket or something. And that's a verb. That's something you have to choose to do. You have to choose to forgive, and you have to really choose to cover up that sin. And that doesn't always mean that all of a sudden it's better and you're healed from it, and like you don't feel crappy. It's like you still choose to forgive your spouse. You still choose to forgive that person. And sometimes you have to choose that over and over. Like Even when it comes back, when you feel crappy about it again, or if it comes back up, you still have to choose... To lay that down and give that to the Lord and and just submit that to him and trust him with it. Yeah. Good stuff.
2: Amen. Can we you guys all done? Yep. All right. Can we give these guys a hand? Thank you guys. Mitchell and Whitney Lee. Woohoo. Thanks for sharing. Can you say oh, Doug wants to know if we can say crappy in church? Is anybody offended? Oh. Okay. It's better than other words that they could have said. So that was, you know, that, that is a blessing just to have our kids up. And honestly, it wasn't necessarily planned this way. You know, they're the marriage leaders. Yeah. And uh, Jody had some great suggestions. So we're just blessed that they got to come and join us. Another amazing couple that we are honored to have with us Justin and Kim Applegate. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the Adventure Talk. Can we call it that? Adventure Talk? Sound good? We just did. Okay, so this is Justin and Kim Applegate. How long have you all been married?
7: 13 years.
2: Yeah, yes, woo! All right. So it's great. We had a 1, 6, right? 13 and 30, so that's kind of cool. So let's go ahead and share, y'all.
7: Um, so the verse... there. There's so many. It was really hard to narrow it down, but um, I chose Proverbs 15, 22. It says, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. There's, there's two reasons I chose this. One being we were going through a particularly difficult time in our marriage, weren't getting along. I was being the nagging wife. <laughs> um, that was me. And I, well, the
2: vocal.
7: and I actually went, she caught me at church one day and sat me down and said, what's going on? And I started to explode. She said, well, wait, have you um, knelt down before the Lord in prayer to allow the Lord to talk to your husband? Or are you getting in the way? I was like, I'm getting in the way. <laughs> Um and so I I had to intentionally stop. I had I had to shut my mouth and let the Lord take care of my husband. Trust that the Lord was gonna do that. Um and it helped a lot. Yay. But without that wise counsel, I probably would still be nagging. So I think having without that counsel, I don't think you'd be married. I think having um Wise couples that are are not going to let you vent about your husband, but instead turn it and say, well, what, what can you do? How can you fix yourself? What issues might you need to be dealing with with the Lord um, between you and God? And so um, I'm so grateful for that.
2: Awesome. Praise the Lord.
7: Uh, the other one is counsel with my husband. When we have large deci- decisions... Um, small decisions you know both of us going to God first and then coming together or coming to him Well, what are you feeling about this what's God speaking to you about it Um, and making those decisions together looking to him as the leader of our home and um, really trusting his discernment and what God is speaking to him so I think Having counsel, we weren't meant to do this alone.
2: We So good, yeah. We
7: were meant to be, to have fellowship. And
2: can I just add to that, too? I think all of us in this room can attest to the fact that when, when things start to get tough for us, our natural instinct is to isolate. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to hide in our hurt, hide in our problems because we don't want to share them with people. We don't want to either burden people or we don't want to admit that we're going through this or whatever the reasons are. That is the enemy's plan for us is to isolate and not share. But God's plan is for us to have relationship and to go to the people that we trust and say, man, will you pray for me? We're going through this. You know, go to people that you trust and you know are for you and are going to speak life into you. Even if it's a loving rebuke, it's life, or they're going to point you to Jesus. But please, married couples, singles, all of us in the body of Christ, we need to know that isolation is going to hurt us and not help us. Get that wise counsel from people. So it's great.
5: So back to Adam and Eve. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. That's the perfect example. You know, when they sinned, what did they do? They went and hid in the bushes. And God's will, where are you? Well, He knew where He was. And it was more of a heart thing. Where are you in your heart?
1: So, yeah. You know, also, um, when we experience fear, fear stifles growth. If you don't reach out because you're fearful, you're never going to grow. And we all know that fear does not come from God. So if we take a moment and we pray, and we ask God to give us wisdom, discernment, guidance, guide our steps, we will know that that fear does not come from God. The other thing about Adam and Eve is Adam never had the experience before the fall. Really, you're wearing that come on, that was funny.
8: Go for um, it, Justin. Anyways. Um, oh, was, you're
2: wearing that. Oh, Okay, got it. <laughs> he wasn't wearing anything. <laughs> right? He wasn't wearing anything. That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs>
6: oh, that's good.
2: Wow
8: <laughs> Um Sorry. When we were asked to uh To find a proverb that has helped in our marriage Um You guys already said it but I mean it ultimately Saved our marriage Um it was 15 1 and 2 A soft answer turns away wrath But a harsh word stirs up anger And the tongue of the wise Uses knowledge rightly But the mouth of the fool pours forth foolishness Um I don't know, being young and married, I was very prideful. And so was my wife.
2: Hold that a little closer to your mouth. A little closer to your
8: mouth. Okay, sorry. So people can hear. So sorry. Anyways, prideful, yes. And, um, I mean, I'm not a violent person, but when I would get angry, I would say the worst things. And um, that didn't help anybody. And, I mean, there's been a lot of forgiveness and a lot of healing, and I'm very thankful. But this verse, um, when God changed my heart, and Kim's as well, um, it really changed our marriage. Instead of jumping to combat rebuke or anything like that, we'd stop and soften our hearts and humble ourselves before each other and resolve whatever issue was at hand so yeah just short and sweet
2: isn't that encouraging though to hear y'all the fact that he could talk you know about that issue of being prideful and angry and saying hurtful things but look what the the proverbs the word of god as they went to the word of god and and really let that reside in their hearts that's such a beautiful thing thank you for sharing that
7: and something that always helps too, and if you're in the midst of an argument, stopping and praying together, it, it kills stops it right it there. It just can't go on. Um, I wish we would have learned that earlier. In our but marriage. it's hard.
3: It's hard to do when you're in a in a engaged in battle with somebody, and the Holy Spirit is yelling at you to stop and slow down and pray. I'm telling you. That, that is hard to do, but you do it a few times and you see the blessings that come from it, it makes it easier.
2: And it becomes a, a more of a habit. So, you guys, thank you so much. That was awesome. Can we just give our guests a hand today? So, we didn't know how this was long this was going to go, but I think we're at our time. So, we want to give um, Becky and Ardell a quick moment to just give a plug for a marriage ministry if they would love to do that
3: okay so maybe a lot of you just realized today that we have a marriage ministry at the adventure we do we we, um, lead three classes a year we try to uh, fall winter and spring the next one will be in September uh, starts on the 12th indestructible marriage if you're married and you haven't taken this class and it does not matter if you have the perfect marriage which you don't but even if you think you do, this is a good class. So if you haven't taken it, we've already taught it, I think, th- or led it three or four times. It is an excellent course. So that'll, it'll be the last time that we teach it for probably a few years because we have um, led it several times. So that's in September. We also do date night once a quarter. We had one last night, 23 couples. It was amazing. Woo-hoo! It was fun. Yeah. Um, and the next one, we'll, we're aiming for November. If anybody has any brilliant ideas for date nights in the winter besides ice skating, holler at us. Um, and then we're hoping to plan a retreat next year um, for married couples. So. Um, and then also, also community groups. We have a couple of community groups that are focused on marriage. Ordell and I have one um, every other Thursday night, no kids. Are uh, we just don't have the space to have little kids. And then the Applegates also lead one on Fridays, I believe. Fridays. And kids are welcome. So I'm telling you, this is an excellent way to um, be held accountable and be encouraged by other couples. And I'm just going to, I swear it will be a quick story about our community group. But uh, we have a, a core, you know, we have several couples that come Um, who are pretty consistent. And so Ordell and I were in a small argument over something, and and I decided, well, I'm going to save this for group. So all week, um, we didn't argue about it. I saved it so I could bring it up at group and have all those wives um, on my side. And so, so group comes up, and, of course, I bring it up. And I'm telling you, I love these women. I love these couples. And I was very quickly um, told by one of my dearest friends that I was wrong and I was dishonoring my husband. And boy, it was a, it I was stabbed in the heart by this. I was really taken aback. And she was right. She was absolutely right. And it, it, I was dishonoring him, and I needed to be told that by someone who loved me and loved the Lord. Now, if I would have gone to work and shared the same story with people who did not know the Lord, I would have been led in a very different direction. So what Kim says about surrounding yourself with, or, you know, having wise counsel, it's huge. It's big, and community groups is a good way to do this. Um, Feel free to bring your your dirty laundry, but know that uh, we will be pointing you um, towards the Lord so
2: Amen Thanks guys So we are going to uh, go ahead and have Ordell we're gonna, He's going to pray over not the, only the married couples but everyone else the singles you know we're all one body we're all important to God so we're going to go ahead and let Ordell do that
5: So I just want to say before I pray you know when we talk about singles there's, there's people who maybe go through adult life not married they're not called to be married and that's okay too just as important just as valid these scriptures are just as uh encouraging and um life-changing for those folks as well so it's for everybody so let's let's pray let's bow our heads lord jesus we're thankful for opportunities to share your design in marriage lord uh you have created us Um, Male and female And Lord we just uh, We're thankful for all that you call us to do Lord I pray that you would just um, Continue to make us All that you created us to be Lord that you would bless the marriages That are uh, in this family Lord uh, we know that um, Strong marriages make a strong church So Lord we just uh, We just ask you to do a great work there Lord um, bless those marriages That are doing well bless those marriages that are in struggles Lord and I ask deeply and passionately Lord that you would bless those marriages that are on the brink of breaking
1: Lord Lord I just want to pray for anybody who is here today Lord and has never surrendered their lives to Christ who's never just said Lord here I am I surrender all that I am to you. And Lord, I pray that you would just forgive me for my sins and my trespasses against you. And if there's anybody out there right now who hasn't done that and, and has heard uh, just the yearning of the Holy Spirit today, I just pray that you would just be brave enough right now to, to raise your hand and just receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is there anybody that would like to do that today? Just by a show of hands. Father, I thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for all those who raise their hands today, Lord, as they just surrender themselves, Lord, to you, Lord, that they can confess right now, Lord, I have fallen short of your glory. Lord, I am a sinner. And, Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. Father, and... All the days of my life, Lord, I just surrender to you and want to walk with you. Lord, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you so much for your gift of salvation, for your love, for dying on the cross for me, Lord. Thank you that you are my Savior. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.